0: What's up competitors? This week I'm going to tell you exactly why you've got to take that competitive fire, that competitive focus, and that competitive spirit off the field, out of the gym, and into your life.
1: Welcome to the Compete Every Day podcast, a weekly show to help you harness the power of competition to be better than yesterday. Hear each week from performance leaders, coaches, and experts on the benefits of competition and how you can use it to win at work and in life. And now, your host, Chief Encouragement Officer at Compete Every Day, Jake Thompson.
0: What's up, competitors? Welcome to a new episode of the Compete Every Day podcast. How are you doing this week? How's your mindset? How's your focus? Are you using these days to get ahead? Are you making progress every single day toward your goal? Are you relaxing? You coasting a little bit? You just clocking in and clocking out of every day? Be honest with yourself. If you want to be a competitor, if you want to be a great competitor, you've got to hold yourself accountable. You've got to find a way, whatever it takes, to make progress every single day. You're always building on the day before so that you are constantly in that pursuit of greatness because the greater you are, the greater the impact you can make on your relationships, your family, your work, and your life. Be a competitor. This week we talk about that elite performer, that Peak performer mindset as I'm joined by former pro athlete Cletus Coffey, who is now working with companies as well as working with athletes in transitions. How do athletes transition to life after sports? What is that mental process that Cletus had to go through that's that's not an easy process, that's a stressful one, can be depressing to give up the thing you love, the sport that you love, because that time always ends sooner than you expect. And how did he use that process to build a platform that he's now able to positively impact people? This week's episode is full of lessons, regardless of whether you played sports or not, on how to be a peak competitor. Because that mental aspect, that mental toughness, that tenacity, that grit, it's all relevant. And it's all important that we have in our lives and that we're constantly strengthening by the daily choices and the actions that we take. So let's dive into this episode. I'm excited to introduce you to and welcome to the show, Cletus Coffee. All right, welcome back to the show, Cletus. How are you today, man? I'm excited you are here.
2: Hey, man. I tell you what I, the the, Jake, the the excitement is mutual, my man. Because I love what you're doing. I love your message. Uh, the the there's not enough people talking about competition and competing in life in every element and in, in every, um, you know, space of, of life. So uh, to be able to uh, participate in what you're doing and, and follow your message, man, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here.
0: Awesome, dude. Thank you incredibly for the kind words. Uh, we got connected. We are both speakers. We both do keynote speaking, corporate workshops, uh, similar messaging. And so a mutual friend of ours, Grant Baldwin, uh, it was like, hey, you guys have got to connect. I know about your story. Why don't you share a little bit with our listeners who you are, how you got to where you are today, and, and most importantly, this mission you're on, helping people, helping athletes. Uh, what you do now?
2: Yeah. So, gosh, you know, Jake, it's it's uh, it's something that uh, you know m- my journey from from there to to here now is has been uncomfortable for me. And I'm sure maybe your, your listeners will will resonate. I know you and I vibed from the get go on, on this type of, uh, you, know, per, you know, the performance base in the past and, and where we're, get, where we're at now, but, you know, currently, yeah, I, I speak, I, I, I coach with both uh, athletic teams and corporate teams. I work with their executives, their, their leaders and, and their teams. And it's really around this, this culture of, going beyond the X's and O's. And it was something that, you know, just clicked for me one day when I was saying, you know, an athlete, I had always been taught the the technical and the tactical skills of performing my job right, on the field. And that rolled naturally right into business and businesses that I work for and, and companies that, that I was serving and, and working hard for again, their training was all around the, the technical skills of how to do your job, how to sell, how to build relationships, how to, you know, how to, uh, how to market and, you know, the, the, the tactics or, or product knowledge. And I was saying, you know, gosh, uh, my life just isn't turning out the way I wanted it to. And, and just to take a step back, you know, I, two weeks after college, I was on a plane to Saskatchewan playing the Canadian football league. I was a, a two sport athlete in college, played football, ran track. And I, I don't know honestly if it was just always my dream, which it was. Plan A was to be an athlete, and I went to a small Division Three school. It wasn't by any means a pipeline to the to professional sports, but I just always had this vision of either being in the Olympics or b- being a professional athlete, and that was Plan A. And although you know, got to my, my got my degree, graduated, and I don't know if again if it was just my dream where I just I couldn't stand the fact that I wouldn't have another season. And so I marketed myself like crazy, sent out, I'm going to date myself here, VHS tapes to every program, every professional team at the time. I got a couple callbacks and I ended up signing with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, went up to camp with them and ended up getting released by Saskatchewan and came and played in the arena football league for four years. Had a blast, had a great time pursuing my dream. But all the while I was thinking, oh, this is not going to end. Well, in, in April of 2000, I, I break my leg and it was over there. There was there was no really going back and trying to rekindle after four years of, of playing. And just like that, it was over. And I tell you what, man, I just struggled for years, for over a decade. At, you know, someone who was in my late 20s, starting a new career and all my peers had already been six, seven years into a job or into their careers, working up the ladder, making money, getting stock options. And I'm going, I, I was just playing football in Madison Square Gardens. And now I'm start over from ground zero and I don't know where to go. And so I struggled mightily with lack of identity, um, lack of purpose, lack of meaning. I was this thing for, for a long time, since the age of five, and now I'm twenty. Seven years old, and I'm not that anymore. And everyone perceived me as being that athlete. That's what everyone wanted to talk to me about. And I was no longer it. And I couldn't find and rekindle that same feeling, that same high that I had as an athlete in life outside of sports. And so it was a, a major struggle for me to really kind of find what who am I now that I'm no longer an athlete and where am I to go? And so Really, just a lot of. I've been always very entrepreneurial in in my life. And being an athlete, being very entrepreneurial, taking care of your body, you know, marketing myself to make sure I had a, a job. And and so I just said, okay, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to go out and do something. So I started a couple businesses, started a financial business, and then 2008 hit, lost that sucker. Uh, then I continued to stumble around and try to consult on some marketing and sales, and that didn't work. And I attempted to do a a, a big uh, conference for health, and that didn't work out. started a, a fitness product company, and a bigger company took me out. It was just failure after failure after failure. I'm going, I am not feeling very good, right? Not feeling good about myself, a lot of uh, stress, depression, anxiety, and some things that you're hearing a lot about former athletes or even current athletes in today's day and age, I'm going, there's something missing here. So take this, you know, take my journey to where it is now. I started looking around going, are there other athletes struggling like I am? And the more I just began to talk about it, which is an important piece, right? Talking about it. I realized that, yeah, there are other athletes that are struggling and with life after sports and it, not necessarily along the same lines I did. Uh, you know, I, I beautifully set myself in a position where I struggled mightily. I was losing businesses. I struggled financially. Uh, Ended up getting divorced. It's just all the things that I really wish I'd learned long before. Communication. I I, I treated my my former spouse just kind of like a teammate. You know, Uh, empathy and gratitude and just a lot of these emotional intelligence pieces that I had never been taught. And yet I spent thousands of hours with coaches and with other leaders in sports that I easily could have been taught this stuff through sport or even through business. And I never got that, that human development piece that I really wish that I could have used early in life. So the light bulb went off for me and said, you know, there's there's a gap here, there's a gap here where again... Sports and, and even business is very much into the technical and the tactical and the product knowledge of this. But yet we can develop human beings right, to be better versions of themselves and, and grow them with a lot of this. And not I say the IQ of sport or the IQ of business, but the EQ, right? Character development, emotional intelligence, values, principles. The byproduct of that is they're going to perform better on the field. They're going to perform better in the office. And they're going to feel pretty down good about themselves going home, going, look, I have some tools that can help solve some some key pieces of my life. So that brought me to where I am today. And it really started with athletes, helping prepare them for life after sports. And then uh, kind of the, the, the business community started calling, going, hey, we can do we can leverage this type of information, this the type of content for for our employees. So. Uh, it, it's been not the easiest journey by any means. And, uh, it's, but, and I'm not necessarily out of the water yet. There's, I'm taking on some, some pretty big, big projects, but I love where I'm at. And I get, I've got that high Jake, that high that I felt like <laughs> running out of the tunnel, the fireworks blazing, the, the fans cheering. I have I, I found that. And I just, I feel such at peace with that.
0: All right. So a lot of what you said, I think resonates heavily with listeners. I mean, sports for you, it ended before you were ready. And I think that's something that everyone listening to can relate because regardless of whether we stopped playing in high school, we stopped in college, we stopped as a pro, there's always that love of the game and wanting to continue playing it. And for a lot of us, myself included, there's a huge struggle with when the game ends you still seeing yourself as that athlete, as that position player, that quarterback, that point guard, that track star. And it's a battle. Like I, I, I wouldn't categorize it to the degree of depression for my instance, but it's probably one of the harder periods I've had in life of understanding that there's a difference between who I am as an individual versus the sport that I played. And it's obviously sounds like it's something you very much went through as well. It's Were you able to, did you work with someone? Did you talk to someone about that process to help you separate who you are versus what you played?
2: I did my own self-awareness journey and it wasn't like I sat down and constantly said, all right, I need to figure out who I am. Yeah. I just was lost, you know? So I started picking up books started reading books and going, oh, interesting concepts. How come I? How come I never learned these? I'm, you know, almost a, a third into my life here. How, where did this come from? And and how come nobody I know is talking like this? What's and a book was, you
0: remember reading?
2: Well, it's it's funny because the the very first book, which you know, my my father, who's who is now over thirty years uh, recovering uh, alcoholic, and my dad had always been talking about uh, kind of these spiritual principles and and so forth and probably when i was 21 22 23 he handed me this book called think and grow rich <laughs> yeah. and kind of that one book that, that seems to kick everyone off into uh, a personal development journey and it just sat on my shelf for several years i didn't even you know just it was there my dad gave this to me finally picked it up read it and thought whoa there's there's a whole there's something else i have been missing Uh, And I didn't realize it. And so that was, that was the first book that really kicked off my uh, my own personal development journey. Uh, And I just devoured as much as I could from, from that point forward.
0: Are you still act? Do you still actively read uh, personal development books, mental resilience type reads, or have you shifted on to more business or, or industry-focused uh, works that help you with a lot of the things you talk about and work with people on.
2: I have made a commitment to continuing to learn and, and grow and, in in all areas. I'm, I'm continually growing myself uh, and in, in business, but and also you know personally. And I, and I think it's it's a never-ending, never-ending process. Got you know so.
0: Awesome. So uh, one of the other the one of the other comments and things you shared is is there was a lot of just comparison at that point in career. Like you looked at other guys and people you knew that were well ahead in where they were in their career and you were kind of starting fresh at a much later point. Like these guys had been running for, we'll say, miles and you're just now getting to that starting line to take off. That's a tough game in terms of comparison, and I think it's made even easier to get caught up in with social media and everything we see online and, and the pictures that are painted. You and I had this discussion, one of our first talks, is we you see other people in the industry, other people speaking, and it paints a certain picture that probably is not reality in a lot of cases. How were you able to really focus on your growth, your lane, your work, Instead of being distracted by what everyone else you knew was doing, but you could still look to them to see what they were doing in terms of motivation. Of all right, I should learn this. This looks like it's something incredibly valuable. Versus, why are they this far ahead? How can I not get caught up? What you know? What do they have that I don't?
2: There were two two things that that uh, helped me with that. Number one, I read a quote by a guy named Alan Page. He's a Hall of Fame defensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings. And he said, every day in practice, every game, I went in and I never competed with the guy in front of me. I competed against myself. And you know, the the point being, right, I'm competing against me to get better, to become the type of person that can win that rep, win that that um the challenge that, that's in front of me. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because I was always taught to you know, the old Oklahoma drill and the one-on-ones, and it was always me competing against a person in front of me. And if I didn't win, you know, I lost, right? There was, there was, it was, it was a win-lose dichotomy. And so that kind of got my wheels turning. And then I read a book called the blue ocean strategy and it's a, it's a business book. And if you really want to gain a business perspective on abundance and scarcity competing against self versus others, it's a dynamic book. And that opened my eyes to the business world going, Holy cow, I have been competing against my competitors, ag- against the, the own people in my own office for, t- to win. When in fact, as, as the book proclaims, is like, you know, when you compete against others, it's, it creates blood in, in the water. And thus, the, the blue ocean perspective is look, you're competing against yourself. And when you do that, you get creative versus competitive. And I thought, gosh, that is something that talks to me. And I've always been this competitor, me against you. And if if I didn't actually win in a metric standpoint, meaning the score, then I lost. Not realizing that there's a lot that I can gain from my failures and my losses. And so that picked me up and helped me realize that, you know what? Yeah, my buddies are 10 years ahead of me in their careers and their incomes, but I'm not competing against these guys. This is my journey. This is my life. And I'm exactly where I need to be at this place and time in time and being present and saying, how do I get better today?
0: I love that. And uh, that is obviously right in line with the message that, that we preach each and every week that I know listeners have heard me say over and over again. And hopefully if it hasn't stuck yet, it does. It's kind of like when you you hear the same thing from your, your mom or your dad, uh, telling you you know what you need to do, you just kind of in one ear and out the other. But when someone else reminds you of it, it tends to stick. And so I hope people listening take that, take what he just said from his own journey and, and start to understand the importance of competing with that person in the mirror, trying to beat your yesterday's best. I want to talk a little bit about your athletic career, because what we've talked about is a lot of the things that have done throughout your career and the growth you've had in sports, and then, almost starting over from a corporate standpoint, but I want to know, and I'm curious, what from the sports career, what from your playing days have you been able to bring with you besides you know that rush, that adrenaline rush and, and kind of that almost athlete junkie, as I like to say of where we love that moment when on the in game day when the lights are on. and and for us now, like speaking, when it's you're on that stage, like you just feel that rush. Uh, of where you're meant to be. I wanna know from your athletic journey, what you brought with you, what are some of the things that you learned playing football, dealing with injuries that have been able to benefit you now where you are in your professional journey?
2: Consistency, consistency, consistency. Being consistent was something that I thrived in. And it was, and I was consistently good in areas and I was consistently bad, but I got that feedback that helped me grow. And I was the type of person that I was consistently in the gym. I was consistently monitoring my diet, consistently working to get better. I mean, I was not really the most talented. I was just in the early years, I was just a skinny kid who could run fast and I had to develop, right? I had to grow as a, I had to grow my body, I had to grow my mind. Uh, and I had to understand the game, uh, the game of football. And I just was very consistent with my off season work, operation, and that, you know, that habit is something I have brought over. And it's helped me learn because I can able to take a step back outside of myself and say, okay, gosh, I'm consistently doing, I'm consistently running into this brick wall <laughs> so many times, man, I'm consistent at doing it. Maybe I should, uh, shift gears a little bit, go a different direction.
0: Were Uh, you always that way? Or did you develop it like in middle school, high school, or from day one, have you, have you always been a market consistency?
2: uh, I had develop it over time and probably like many people, I just kind of got away with my early, my early years, I just got away with talent. I just got away with, I was able to, I was athletic. I was able to run fast and, I got away with things such as you know not having to work hard as others. And it wasn't until really I, I got into the, the professional world and started seeing other guys who were working their butts off and realizing that I'm not as talented as them. They're working their butts off. I need to shift a little bit. I need to do something differently because I got to make up for you know, what I don't have. And that, could, that work ethic really put me Uh, it gave me the opportunity to to play as long as I did. And, uh, and the consistency really developed, you know, over time.
0: I love that. I just finished reading the book, pound the stone. Have you read it?
2: I have not. I love it. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's it's by Josh Medcalf. Um, He, he's done some work with John Gordon, if you're familiar with John, but He's got a couple of books, but his his last book, the one I just read, is all about the pounding the stone. And it's all this consistency. It's everything you just talked about and how the person hitting the stone hits it a hundred times and nothing happens. Nothing happens. And at that point or before, most people have walked away. But as soon as he hits it that hundred and first time, the stone cracks. And somebody on the outside would look at that and say, well, it was just that that final hit you know, it was, it was just that lucky moment that that person had that overnight success story. And what they fail to see is the hundred times you hit that you're pounding the stone before nobody's watching. And then you're, you're getting no results out of it. And obviously it sounds like you've been incredibly fortunate to have learned that, especially when you did, because had you not learned that in the professional game, I'm, I'm sure your adjustment into corporate world and speaking and everything that you're involved in now would have been much different without picking up on more of that just consistently competing mindset.
2: Oh, for sure, for sure, and, and that's been the one thing. And gosh, you, I mean, you'd hit around the head. It's it's doing those things when no one else is watching, and I'm just you stubborn in the fact that I'm just going to, I'm going to continue to be consistent at what I'm doing because I just believe, I believe it's going to work out. And there's times that it hasn't been, it hasn't worked out, but at least I, I was able to close that chapter. You know, for example, I, I had partnered with a, a buddy of mine and we launched these, I, I want to get in the fitness product arena. And my buddy was a very, very, very successful uh, and selling on amazon so we put together this product i sourced it i developed it we got it patented i got it out there and i just like look this we're starting we're kind of bootstrapping this thing i just know it's gonna work so we were just i was consistently you know putting in the time putting in the work to to have this be successful ultimately it it start. it wasn't it it, it um we had another group really um chase us away much much bigger group with a lot more money than we did but. Uh, at least I was able to stop and go, okay, look, I, I'm very good at just holding tight and following through and, and seeing this, seeing this happen. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, gosh, man, where'd this come from? And it's like, I had been working on this for over a year. Um, but you know, it's, it's being able to take a step back and say, look, am I running into that brick wall or is is the cliff in front of me and I've been fortunate enough, and this hasn't always been the case, it's it's learning from my failures that now I'm consistent at saying, okay, this chapter needs to be closed and I need to move on to a different direction.
0: What what was that process like when you, when you guys got chased away of, from something that you had been building, you'd been working on, you'd wanted to go, you obviously knew you had to go in a different direction, but what did you draw upon to not get so discouraged by that setback that you were kind of held in neutral?
2: I'm the eternal optimist, Jake. I, I tell you, uh, at probably my, to my benefit and to my demise, you know, my, uh, my girlfriend might say, uh, to my demise, but I, I just am super optimistic. And this hit, and I said, you know, God, this door is closing for a reason. I've been really just checking those off in my life. They're, there are doors that are closing for a reason and there's doors that are opening for a reason. I'm going to keep following those doors that are opening up and this door closed and yeah, I was bombed and I put a lot of effort into it and lost money. And I'm going, God, not again. What is wrong with me? And yet being able to kind of, you know, I had my human weak moment and took a step back and breathed, and said, okay, you, this is closing for a reason. And meaning something else is going to open up in my life. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to, be consistent in, in seeking it and and trying on new things, and see kind of what what sticks. And I'm so grateful that that ended because I'm in a much better place. I'm doing things that light me up far more than that ever would have. And so I'm thankful that that door closed and that I had the the, the consciousness to be a bit optimistic of maybe ahead when when I couldn't see it.
0: I love that. I, I love that because it's really easy to get caught up in when something doesn't go our way, and, and for a lot of people, they they struggle to be that optimist. They struggle with that eternal optimism. But the fact that you mentioned the importance of not only you going through that, but maintaining that positive attitude throughout it, now being in a better position than you ever imagined before shows the importance of that consistency of that competitive mindset of keep putting in the work, keep competing every day throughout that process. Even when things don't go your way, because you're putting yourself in a position to do better things down the road. If you don't give up.
2: Totally, man. And, you know, and from a sports perspective, but for, for, for sports that have the Uh, the opportunity to get another shot. So for example, offense versus defense, you come down on uh, defense and you get beat on defense by someone. It's very easy to go, oh my God, everyone just saw that. I just, my coach is upset. My players are mad at me. And yet you got to turn around and go play on the offensive end. And if we're stuck in that, that negative mindset, it really puts blinders on us. It, you know that negativity stops us from from uh, th- th- that that creative mindset and whereas a positive mindset uh, really is uh, creates a quiet mind right so we want ha- high performers perform on a, on a quiet mind so on in you know, in the arena football league I, you know you went both ways offense and defense and man I will get scorched on defense and think oh my god what am I doing not realizing. That, wait a second, I got to turn on and get an offense and I get to get it back. I get to do it back to them. So it was, it's that, that sports carrying over that I had to learn I mean, from a young age. I would get frustrated when something would happen on one end on the basketball court or the, you know, strikeout in baseball, but I got to go turn on and play defense. And so it's having to let go and kind of flush those mistakes or flush those, those failures and turn around and have that optimistic mindset that I can turn around and go get it back. I love
0: that. I love that, man. That That is that is crucial to success in life, that attitude. And learning that has obviously been something sports have taught you incredibly well. What is something you're able to do or that you do do daily to, to make sure that, one, you're focused on competing against who you were yesterday, uh, but that you're continually making that progress, making that strive forward? Do you have a daily habit? Do you have some activities that you do throughout the day to help you maintain focus
2: Yeah, absolutely. And my mornings are crucial to me and they can be somewhat different. I have uh, three little kids and, you know, each morning can be a little different, but, uh, but by and part, you know, my mornings are, I'm up and I try to get up before everybody else and I can do some me time. So I have a journal and I actually use, I've been journaling for years and I've just, I saved them all. And I just, it's interesting going back and seeing where I was at. But I, I generally will put what I'm grateful for, three or four things that that, that I was um, grateful for, for that morning. And then I also uh, write down about four or five things that happened the day before that wasn't the, hey, I landed a client or, uh, you know, got a check in the mail. Right. It's not the, the macro stuff, just but the micro things, you know, such as, you know what, I, I set a goal to make. Uh, 15 outbound calls and I did it or you know I sent out a certain amount of emails and I, I got one back like that, just so small little victories that I could see that were that they're measurable but that I can see and recognize that you know what the the big things haven't hit yet but I'm making these small steps that sometimes we don't forget to calculate little things to to little wins so I'll mark down my little wins uh, and then I usually have two or three things that I can do than I did yesterday. And it could be anything from, Hey man, I skipped the workout yesterday. I got to get it in today to, all right, you know, I'm going to, I'm gonna make a couple extra calls or send out a few more emails or whatever it may be. So I like to measure myself that way. And then I'm a big proponent of the, I am. And, you know, that is something that I talk a lot about in my work, which. You know, forever I was an athlete. I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. And when I wasn't an athlete anymore, I, I was lost. I was stuck. I didn't know who I was anymore. And I was so connected to that label that it ran my life. And so I've worked really hard at disassociating from titles and labels: coach, athlete, manager, parent, uh, boss, and letting those go, and and really focusing on who I really am. And, you know, I'm from, you know, so I'll write down kind of what I am, right. I'm, I'm love, I'm power. I am focus you know, things that are relevant to, to that week or that day that I can remind myself of who I am and and, start my day with that type of energy behind me. So that's generally how, how my day kicks off. And then I'm, man, I'm my calendar. I live and die by that sucker. Everything is. (laughs) calculated in there. And, and this comes from, and I'll tell you, all you former athletes out here, one thing that we all had that we don't, when sports ends, regardless of what level is, we had structure. We were told when to be, what time to be there, what to bring. Uh, oftentimes, you know, as you get a little bit older, you get, you're told what to eat and what weights to lift, how, how many reps, it was all laid out there for us. We had structure. And when sports ended, us athletes, we we don't know what to do. We're we're struggling. Where where do we go? We don't have anyone telling us what to do and, and giving us what sports gives us, which is that instant feedback. Hey, put, put some more weight on there. Or hey, this in that particular rep. Or, you know, we don't have that. And so we have to create it. And so I've been able to create that through my calendar. A calendar is my coach.
0: Awesome. Man, I, I laugh with people that if you don't have that structure, if you don't build that structure into your day, those days get you. They they own you, and and everything gets away from you. The things you want to accomplish don't ever get done uh, because you're not setting that structured time. You know, when you're in sports, you have a set time to be there. You have set time for weight training, practices all have set schedules, and when you don't you get away with that, you just let things go. You know, we give ourselves as long as we give ourselves. And so hearing you reinforce the importance of structure and as Darren Hardy says in in the compound effect, bookmarking your day is huge. Uh, And so the journaling piece just started and, and keeping that focus on things throughout the day that have gone well and things that you need to build upon are huge. So All right. For everyone listening that enjoyed the conversation today, wants to get connected with you, learn more about the work that you're doing with athletes, with companies, uh, especially checking out your podcast. Where can they go?
2: Yeah. So my website is just CletusCoffee.com, C-L-E-T-U-S-C-O-F-F-E-Y, CletusCoffee.com. I'm at CletusCoffee on all social channels. By all means, shoot me a message uh DM me. Reach out to me on the website. Love to connect and and uh, see where I can be of service out there. My pa- my podcast is called The Recovering Athlete. You can find it on iTunes and Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, the Recovering Athlete with Cletus Coffee.
0: I love it. And as someone that listens to the show, uh, it's it's an absolute great listen. You'll you'll get a lot of valuable information out of there. Uh, especially as former athletes that many of us are, it's a trip down memory lane for a lot of us, as well as learning the journeys of other people that have transitioned out. So Cletus, man, I appreciate you tremendously coming on the show today. Thank you for working through the technical difficulties and more importantly, just sharing your story and helping impact these competitors.
2: Jake, uh, love to be connected with you, man. Love the work you're doing. And again, thank you for the opportunity to, to join you.
1: listening to another episode of the compete everyday podcast to learn more visit compete to connect with jake or contact the show email us at podcast at compete and as always keep competing every day to be better than you were yesterday